You're listening to It Won't Turn Off on Edinburgh Now. The show will start right after this short break. Please stay tuned. You want to listen to our station, but you live under a rock or in a bog? Well, you can stream our station live at edinburghnow.com. WFSE, it's right there on the front page. Supporters of WFSE include the Edinburgh Hotel Bar, serving a variety of lunch and dinner items every day from their location at 100 Meanville Street in downtown Edinburgh. Information is at 814-734-5103 or online at edinburghhotelbar.com. Hi, this is Shay inviting you to listen to me every Friday from 2 to 3 p.m. here on WFSE. I'll let you know everything that's happening on the Edinburgh campus so you can plan your weekend and plan ahead for events still to come. Plus, I'll have a great playlist for you to enjoy. We'll have a good time together. And you can start your weekend off a little early by listening to me, Shay, Fridays from 2 to 3 p.m. on 88.9 WFSE Fighting Scots Radio. Episode 9 of It Won't Turn Off. I'm Britton Roselle, and I am all alone. Logan is ill and out today, so it's just me and my dulcet tones that you'll have to deal with for this episode. So bear with me. <laughs> um, on this episode, I'm going to talk about some games, like always. The League of Legends World Championship, No Man's Sky, some scary games that I like that I'm going to go in-depth about because I have the time to, and Logan cannot stop me. Uh, as far as movies, I have some new news regarding Kingsman 2, as well as the next 10 years of Transformers movies. In miscellaneous, I have some stories. Um, most of them are game-related, actually, but not fitting into the game category, so you'll get to experience those as well. So sit back. Get, get comfy, or do whatever it is that you normally do when you're listening to this podcast. And, yeah, it's, it's happening <laughs> right now. Um, I guess first order of business, I want to discuss um, how, like, happy and excited I am <laughs> that we have 100, over 100 likes on the Facebook page. Um, it really, really means a lot. Because um, usually whenever I've had projects or... Um, things that I've started, like, on Facebook or on other websites, they you rarely get off the ground in the way that this has. Um, like, this has definitely been my most successful project of any kind so far, and I am, I'm just, I'm so happy that people are liking it, that you guys are liking it, that you guys are listening, and that we're getting the um, likes on Facebook, because it, it really does mean a lot. Like, I don't know how to eloquently describe how happy I am <laughs> regarding how well this is doing um but yeah i mean podcasts are new for um edinburgh campus media if you weren't aware and it started off this year with the morning after with tyler trembauer and tubby and that's been going really well and we wanted to do something similar um because we didn't really feel right doing a radio show talking about what we talk about and our schedules kind of conflicted us from being able to um, do one during the specialty hours in which we would have to. So we were like, you know, why not? Let's do this podcast. We'd actually discussed it, um, last year. Me and Logan used to have, like, these three-hour conversations over dinner about nerdy stuff. So we are like, you know what? Why don't we do this 
and record it and see where it goes. And it's been a lot of fun. I mean, it's been a lot of work, but it's been it's been worth it. And I'm I'm glad that everyone, um, most people are <laughs> reacting positively to it because it really it really um, helps to see that and the support from everyone. So thank you again. I kind of just wanted to get that out of the way um, because I mean it and. It's kind of important how we just uh, got 200 likes this morning as of day of recording. Um, but yeah, that kind of went on too long. It was a bit drawn out. But hey, that's that's how I talk, if you haven't noticed yet. Um, so I'm going to dive into games then. Actually, you know what? No, I have to talk about my weekend. I forgot about that. Thank you um, for bearing with me. <laughs> um, this weekend, I played a lot of Metal Gear, which I know I'm not supposed to talk about, but... Um, I got to 40% completion, which is, you know, woo, big, exciting news, because um, I haven't really got to play it that much um, over the past few weeks. I've been super busy. Um, but yeah, I'm enjoying it. Um, I definitely have some issues with it regarding how it's structured. Um, like, I, I get that we're playing as Big Boss, so he's more of a commander than an operative like Solid Snake is, but I still I kind of miss those well-crafted smaller environments that are in other Metal Gear Solid games um but yeah I also played Grow Home because it was free on PlayStation 4 um I guess I'm like halfway through that that's really fun it's a very charming game um for those who don't know Grow Home is a game um an indie game where you play as this robot and your mission is to grow this giant plant back to space um and it's really charming it has uh, very bright colorful graphics and uh, kind of like a it has humor to it, but not, like, in your face. Like, your only companion, really, is, like, the mother-based ship, um, M-O-M, that kind of talks whenever you accomplish something. And there's always, like, this feeling of, like, excitement when you discover new things because it's a really big, open world for you to just, um, travel around and stuff. But, yeah, um, so that's been that's been what I've been up to. Um, now, now, I can, now I can jump into games, I think. Um, so League of Legends World Championship began um, last week, and they had 2 million concurrent viewers on Twitch alone, um, which is really exciting, honestly, because not much on Twitch really gets to that um, level of um, like people being watched and watching. That wasn't, that wasn't English, I don't think. But um, yeah, 2 million viewers at the same time is a really big deal, um, and that was just on Twitch. They were also streaming on YouTube and um, some other streaming services, so there were other viewers there as well. So, League of Legends, um, I played it a lot um, a while ago uh, for, I guess, like almost two years, but I haven't really been into it as much since starting college um, last year, but I did. I do play sometimes occasionally when I just want to see like what's going on with all the champions and um, my friends who are playing it. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's cool to see how big it's kind of become um, cause it's, it's, esports are, like, as we talked about last week, like, they are becoming a legitimate thing more so than ever before, so it is, it's great to see this, um, support for those games, cause, I mean, say what you want about League of Legends or Dota or Call of Duty, at least they are out there and people are watching, people who otherwise wouldn't be interested are watching as they're being brought to ESPN and other sports networks, so I think, um, as we kind of progress in the future, we'll see how the aftermath of this championship goes um, to as far as how people consider esports. Because I know a lot of people still don't think they're a real thing, but 
they are, and like it actually does take skill to get to the points where these players do. Um, so, like, first of all, I commend them for that. Um, the grand final final for the championship is um, on the thirty first, and I'm sure we're going to cover it maybe to some extent because we both, I think, I think Logan played league for a little bit, but I'm not sure. Um, I'll just edit in his voice later after this, I guess. <laughs> we'll figure something out, but. Um, I was going to propose we cover it on the morning after podcast with um, Tyler Trumbauer and Tubby because they talk about sports and we were th- always thinking about like having crossovers as the only podcasts on um, Edinburgh now right now. So that'd be cool. Um, I think let us let, let us let me let them know how you think about it. Um, Sean Murray of Hello Games demoed No Man's Sky in the late show with Stephen Colbert the other night, um, which is really interesting because um, the late show has been kind of a um an interesting place for video games and um music and all that as most people are aware um pewdiepie who is a youtuber um and has been for many years he's actually the most subscribed person on youtube was also on the show last week and um no man's sky is probably one of the most ambitious games to come out in a very long time um specifically for an indie developer um sean murray and hello games the premise is that you explore this basically never-ending space and you get like experience and resources for exploring and discovering new things that haven't been discovered yet and the the created universe for that game is almost always expanding because of the algorithm behind it so you can go weeks and weeks and weeks without actually seeing any repeated content because of the way that it's being developed so it is it has you know like the trappings of what could possibly be the biggest game ever made if we're just talking about sheer size and amount of content in it. Um, but whether or not people will actually stick to it for that long is, you know, not sure yet because it hasn't come out. But um, it still looks really good. Um, the art style is inspired by, like, 60s sci-fi in a way, but, like, with incredibly bright colors and um, really, like, you know, saturated um environments so it 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 is a gorgeous game um and i am excited to get my hands on it when it comes out on playstation 4 and pc but there still is no release date um and this game's been getting covered for like at least two years now so i'm thinking slash hoping that um we find out more about it soon uh next up button mapping is coming to all xbox one controllers through an update uh soon according to an article by Polygon. So this kind of defeats the whole purpose of the $150 um, button-mappable Elite controller that's coming out for Xbox One. Um, if you hadn't heard of that, the Elite controller is an Xbox One controller. But you have... Um, watch as I kind of motion with my hands, because you can't see that. But um, there's, like, different paddles in the back that you can assign to different functions in games. So if you're competitively playing Call of Duty, for example... Um, you can map each of those buttons on the back of the controller to an action or a series of actions, kind of like macro settings on a keyboard, if you're um, more familiar with that. Um, But it's interesting to see that that's happening and definitely is being marketed for the competitive play of video games. Um, The fact that all Xbox One controllers are going to be mappable, though, means that there's a greater variety of um, control schemes that it can can accommodate and... uh, a lot of different gameplay styles that can also be explored because of the way the controllers can be mapped. Um, so that's exciting. Um, looking forward to hearing more about that soon. I don't have an Xbox One, but 
I know many people who do. Logan does. My roommate does. So um, once we learn more about that, we'll report about that. I just said that like seven times. Excuse me. Um, anyway, next up, Yu Suzuki could, quote, do with a bit more money in regards to the Shenmue 3 project that started at E3. Um, Shenmue was a series of games for Dreamcast and Xbox that was kind of groundbreaking in the way that it told a story um, in more of a kind of hands-off interactive approach, more similar to how, like, the um, Telltale games and uh, The Walking Dead or Wolf Among Us you're kind of just experiencing the story through the eyes of a character rather than playing it. And that's kind of how Shenmue was, where you play a boy, um, Ryo, who is trying to find the mur murderer of your father at the start of the game. And it's kind of just like you're in this small town where everyone knows each other, where everyone knows you, and you're kind of just like thrust into this situation and you have to try and figure out, you know, where this person went and how you get there. And it's a very good and well-presented story. And a lot of people are excited for this third game because the second game um, ended on kind of this giant cliffhanger and there hasn't been anything since then, since I believe like 2002 is when that game came out. I might be wrong. But um, Shenmue 3 is supposed to be coming out for most modern consoles and the trailer was announced, um, or trailer was shown rather, at the Sony press conference of E3 this last um, June. But... There was a lot of bombshells, actually, at that com that uh, conference. I think we talked about before. But the Kickstarter um, started on that day in June and ended a month or yeah, a month later with $6.3 million. Um, Yu Suzuki, the creator of the game, went on to say, A lot of money these days goes into graphics. If we perhaps compromise on the graphics and put more into the story, we can make a good game. And I think this definitely rings true for the Shenmue franchise, as they were always sort of ahead of their time as far as graphics went. But they can probably do a lot more with graphics now and costs because, like, engines like Unreal Engine 4 um, are gorgeous and people are crafting these experiences on them for kind of low cost. It's just it's it's a lot to work around, especially if you're trying to build a game around it. Um, and I don't exactly remember how they said they were approaching the graphics for this game. But Shenmue has also always been known for its story. So if they put more resources into the story i think a lot of fans will appreciate it and um it'll definitely be well regarded in that respect as long as it wraps up the story of rio that they started in shenmue in the early 2000s um next up which i kind of talked about earlier available on playstation plus um grow home which was the game i was talking about earlier regarding the robot and star plant there's um super time Force ultra which is a side-scrolling um adventure slash shooter slash time manipulation game um a lot is going on in that title but it's a lot of fun um a lot of crazy over-the-top action and really bright colors kind of reminiscent of um the art style to the cartoon network program um the regular show there's also zeo drifter um which is an indie title about space exploration and if you have a playstation 3 you get zeo drifter and twisted metal um the PlayStation 3 version of the popular racing slash car combat title that came out on the original PlayStation. Um, for October, since we're gonna, I'm gonna kind of wrap up the um, game section now, but I'm gonna talk about some scary games, which I was hoping we would have a conversation about, but again, I am the only one here. So, favorite scary games. Um, I have a lot of them 
to be perfectly honest, because I love horror games. I love horror movies. I love the horror genre in general, despite how over the top or ridiculous or awful it is sometimes. I still really, really appreciate um, where we've been able to go with video games, especially, and the horror genre. So some of my favorite horror games actually are more recent, because I feel like people are finally understanding like how to properly do horror or not properly but do horror in a way that I definitely appreciate um I do have some classics that I'll get to later but recently um I played a game called Until Dawn which came out in August and that game is it's so incredible in the way that the movie Cabin in the Woods kind of takes um horror genre and flips it on its head and gets rid of the tropes but also uses them to their advantage and by using all these horror tropes like don't go you know alone don't go somewhere because there'll be a monster don't go in the woods alone without a flashlight you know all those kind of things that we get mad at characters for doing in horror movies they take those and then they use it to their advantage by changing it and changing the outcomes so with Until Dawn you play a group of eight teenagers who are on a you know, kind of wilderness adventure type thing in in the woods um, near Alberta, Canada. And um, they're doing it to celebrate slash um, commemorate um, the deaths of two of their friends the year prior. So they're doing it, they're trying to get back into normalcy by kind of accepting what happened and also grow together again as a group of friends. Um, obviously, things go horribly wrong very quickly, but... Um, the game is it's up to you to make these decisions for the characters. So you can either fall into the tropes yourself and go explore, you know, the wilderness alone, or you can kind of rely on these other characters and play them how they would kind of react to it. And um, all these characters, they have different, like, relationship levels with the rest of the characters. So depending on what those levels are, they react differently to different situations. They react differently to different people. And it's just, it is this very, very interesting and well-thought-out game um, and I highly, highly recommend playing it if you have a PlayStation 4. Um, also on PlayStation 4 was the Silent Hill trailer slash playable teaser, um, PT, which we talk about pretty frequently here on the podcast. But it is truly one of the scariest games ever made. And um, you can't really get it anymore because um, it was taken off of the PlayStation Network after um, Kojima left the Konami Productions. But if you know someone who has it on their PlayStation 4, if you have it on your PlayStation 4 but you haven't played it, it is such an incredible experience. And at this point, like, I still go back to it every now and then, despite it coming out, like, almost a year ago at this point. Um, because I have it, and it's it's just so well put together. Just like Until Dawn, the graphics are incredible. Um, and it's a very short experience, but... You really have to think on your feet and figure out what is going on and what you need to do next, just like Until Dawn. There's a lot of parallels between them, but not so much on the nose as Until Dawn is with button pressing and stuff. Um, in PT, you play a nameless character and you explore this hallway that keeps looping on itself. And it's kind of up to you to decipher what's not only what's going on, but how to get out of that environment. Um and it was a really great look at to what that game could have been. Um, that game being Silent Hills, which was going to be directed by Guillermo del Toro um, of Pacific Rim and Pan's Labyrinth, as well as um, Hideo Kojima of Metal Gear Solid series and Zone of the Enders. 
and Junji Ito, um, the horror writer. But, you know, that game never really happened, nor is it probably going to um, at this point because of Konami. So that's disappointing, and it would have been a really good game. But PT still exists in the hearts of many, <laughs> including mine. Um, as far as classic titles go, I really like the game um, I Have No Mouth and I Must Scream, which is based off of a short story. But it's kind of a point-and-click adventure game um, about a bunch of characters in a post-apocalyptic universe. Um, and they're being kept alive by this um, kind of twisted uh, program called Am. And um, it's just, it's a very interesting, interesting story. And you have a lot of choices and a lot of different endings um, that become of it. Um, there's also the original um, Silent Hill and Silent Hill 2. Silent Hill 2, I think, is probably one of the greatest horror experiences in a video game, um, which ex which kind of makes sense um, seeing PT's success. But it's just, it's a very, very interesting look into um, not only horror as a genre, but the psychology of horror and how characters react to different things and how believable characters will react in certain ways while unbelievable characters will react in others. And the plot itself is just very good and... It's not all in the open, which I definitely appreciate in games. That's the um, Dark Souls series and Bloodborne especially do it well because the story isn't just given to you. It's more like you have to find it and piece it together yourself through like item descriptions or um, notes left on the ground. And it's, it's a very interesting way to do a story, but especially a horror story because Silent Hill 2 kind of just thrusts you in the situation with a little bit of background, and then your character just continues to experience all of these otherworldly things, and um, it's up to you, the, the player, to piece it all together and kind of figure out what is going on and why the character James is stuck in Silent Hill. Um, other games, I don't know, there's there's a lot. There are there are a lot of horror games, but not, not all of them are good. Um, the original Fear and Fear 2, these came out um, in the early 2000s. They are, they're really well put together, as well as I think the original Bioshock can count as horror as well um, for a more recent game. But yeah, there's, there's a lot, and I definitely try to play um, as many as possible because I like them. Oh, and Resident Evil, I completely just glossed over Resident Evil, but Resident Evil is kind of more of a action thriller series now, but um, Resident Evil 2... And Resident Evil um, 1, 2, you know, 3, all of them kind of the PlayStation 1 ones. The PlayStation 1 era um, Resident Evil games are not only like a combination of lateral thinking as well as, you know, horror elements. But it's just, it's a, it's a fun kind of look at the horror genre. And um, they're definitely, they still hold up today. If you're ever interested, all of the um, original Resident Evil and Silent Hill games are available on um, PlayStation Network as um, PlayStation Classics for PlayStation 1 and PlayStation 2, respectively. So, yeah, that was that. Um, if you guys have any horror games that or movies um, that you like and kind of want us to discuss or take a look at, then just be sure to let us know in um, the comments on anything on uh, SoundCloud, on Facebook, or, you know, tweet us directly. Um, anything like that. But that wraps it up for games, so I'm going to take a quick break, and I'll be back with movie news, some TV news, as well as miscellaneous on episode 9 of It Won't Turn Off. Stay tuned. This is the student-led voice of Edinburgh University. 
over the air and online all the time. 88.9 WFSE, Fighting Scots Radio. The Edinburgh Hotel Bar, serving a variety of lunch and dinner items every day from their location at 100 Meanville Street in downtown Edinburgh. Information is at 814-734-5103 or online at edinburghhotelbar.com. Craven Current Events. Interested internationally? Then tune in to the WFSE Nightly News Feed, presented to you by me, Britton Roselle, and the Fighting Scots News Team. Every weekday at 6 p.m., we bring you all the news you need to know from international to local. The Nightly News Feed, streaming online on edinburghnow.com or over the air on 88.9 WFSE, Fighting Scots Radio. Hello, I am back. Alone still, as Logan is still not here. But, um... Anyway, there wasn't really much going on as far as TV goes, except for the um, start of Walking Dead Season 6, which was this weekend, and the con- the conclusion of Fear the Walking Dead, the tie-in spin-off series. Um, I haven't gotten a chance myself to take a look at it. Maybe Logan did. But um, there's a lot in store for this season, um, a lot of character development and um, different situations that the character is going to be thrust in at this point. Um, so if you're a fan of Walking Dead, I am too. Um, Mostly just the comics at this point, which I feel like I have talked about before. But the show is still very well put together, um, as much as I disagree with some of the things that happen in it. Um, But we'll talk about that more as the series uh, continues. I just wanted to kind of get that out of the way as we move to movies. So um, Kingsman 2 is set to begin shooting next spring, provided that Taron Egerton, who is the lead actor, doesn't have any prior obligations. So Kingsman 1 was kind of a... um, very interesting take at a graphic novel. Um, it was a fun movie. <laughs> like um, it it I didn't particularly love it, but I know people who do, and I kind of respect why they would um, because of how um, it's it, it's not tongue in cheek per se, but it does not take itself seriously, and I do appreciate that usually. Um, there's just some parts that I didn't really. As as someone who really likes film and um, was a film student, I don't necessarily agree with how some of the scenes um, were presented. Specifically, the church scene. Um, fight me if you have a different opinion. But it was it was cool. Um, it was a cool movie, and I don't like regret seeing it at all. So I probably will check out the second one when it comes out. Um, Taron Egerton was also in um, another movie recently, but I can't remember off the top of my head which it was, unfortunately. But yeah. Kingsman 2, um, shooting next spring. So we'll probably be out by 2018, I'd like to take a guess. Anyway, Mad Max Fury Road director George Miller, he finally, finally has commented on rumors that he will be directing Man of Steel 2. Um, in an article found by Comics Alliance, he's quoted in saying that there's been some of that talk of Man of Steel in the mix, but it is, I'd say, probably not true. I was going to do a Justice League movie that fell through in 2009, but I've always been interested. So that's kind of interesting. Um, George Miller, uh, for those who don't know, he was, in fact, involved with the Justice League movie, but it fell through because of funding um, and the Australian government and rebates and stuff like that. But Mad Max Fury Road is an incredibly well-directed movie, in my opinion. Um, so I think his take on Man of Steel would be interesting and I think beneficial because I didn't really enjoy Man of Steel and I don't think Logan did either. I don't want to speak for him. But um, there there were some issues with that. Um, but George Miller, he goes on to say that he wants his next film to be a smaller, you know, more um, emotional movie. Excuse me, hiccups. I had way too much coffee this morning. Um, 
anyway, so that that should be interesting. It's it's disappointing that um there isn't anything confirmed as far as Man of Steel two goes, except for maybe some plot rumors. But he would have been a good director. Um, and if it happens, I'll be excited. The president of Hasbro, Stephen Davis, revealed at the MIPCOM convention that the company has the next ten years, ten years worth of Transformers movie plan out, including four more live-action films directed by Michael Bay. Yay! Yeah. I just I I I don't want those. <laughs> to be perfectly honest with whoever's listening right now, I don't want any more Transformers movies. I've, if they do anything, and we've discussed this before on the podcast, I would definitely appreciate um, kind of taking a step back and going more towards Transformers roots. Um, some G1, maybe some, you know, Dinobot stuff. Beast Wars. Beast Wars would be great. I mean, as long as Michael Bay isn't really attached to it. Um, and I mean, they're, they're just, they're not good. Like, they're really not. I'm sorry if you really are attached to the Transformers movies. The first one I didn't mind very much, but it's just it's gotten to a point where like I don't even think Michael Bay knows what he's doing anymore with that series. And now that you have Mark Wahlberg in it, it's like where are you going with this? <laughs> kind of is how I feel about it. But I mean, yeah, we'll be seeing more Transformers until 2025, so you know. Whew, get excited for that. Uh, next up, the Martian writer Drew Goddard tells Den of Geek that MGM wants a sequel to Cabin in the Woods, which I had literally just talked about. I would be totally down for this movie. Um, Cabin in the Woods is a very well-made horror movie, um, and it's felt very well-written, too. It's not just, like, it's well-directed or anything, but, like, there's uh, so many parts of that movie make it good. And a sequel, I don't even know where they would go with it. Um, given the conclusion of the first movie, which I'm not going to spoil, but big things occur. Um, really big things happen. And be, it's the things happen as a direct you know, consequence of them breaking the tropes that were thrust upon them as, you know, like being in a horror movie and horror movie characters. Um, but that being said, it is a very fun, very lighthearted, but at the same time, sometimes really scary horror movie um but yeah a sequel would be great and i would welcome that with open arms finally taika waititi who directed the um vampire comedy starring um the flight of the concords members um called what we do in the shadows is set to direct thor ragnarok which um is a con not necessarily a conclusion but um the fourth in no fourth third i think there's Thor, Thor 2, Dark World, so third. The third Thor movie, um, which is set to tie in directly to the next uh, Avengers, you know, series, um, The Infinity War, part one and two. So that should be cool. Um, the second movie was pretty okay. Um, the first one I liked a lot. It was fun. It was a really good take on the character, just like most of the, you know, Marvel cinematic movies, um, cinematic universe movies, excuse me. They 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 look at the characters in... Um, more of their comic book iteration than trying to make it super realistic like DC's take on movies. So I appreciate that. Um, also, finally, wrapping up movies coverage, um, the Assassin's Creed movie starring Michael Fassbender and Marion Cotillard um, has two new cast members, Brandon Gleeson and the um, person who plays Alfred Pennyworth in Batman v Superman, Jeremy Irons. Um, who's a really great actor. 
So they will both be involved in the movie, which is coming out December 21st in 2016. So that's pretty cool. Um, also, starting October 16th, um, a trailer for The Good Dinosaur, the new Pixar movie, will come out. And that comes out next month on the 25th. So that's cool. New Pixar, new Assassin's Creed. Um, I'm really excited to see what they do with the Assassin's Creed movie. Because um, I really did enjoy most of the games. I kind of fell off of the series. Um a bit after three but unity from a story perspective looked good i know it didn't turn out that great but um yeah I, i'm i'm still interested in the story um i don't know if i'll be buying a syndicate i i might honestly because i like the setting but i don't know there's there's something going on with that series i just i kind of want the plot um see okay that was not eloquent at all what a good transition i'm so good at this but the um the overarching story of Assassin's Creed with Desmond and End of the World 2012 stuff that was present in the first few games, I I really like that. I'm maybe one of the few people who really liked it, but I thought that that was a good way to kind of tie all of these um, these ancestors' stories together. Like they like Ezio's story was very interesting on its own. Altair's story is very interesting on its own, but um. I think Desmond's story really did tie it together very well. And now they're kind of just not doing that. Like, I know there's something going on regarding Abstergo and, like, Templar video games, like, as trading devices or something. And it's just, it's gotten to a point where it's kind of, like, fourth wall shattering. But I don't, I don't know. I need, for me to get back on board with the Assassin's Creed franchise, I know this is kind of unrelated to the movie and should have been talked about in games. But, um... I just I think they need to have a stronger overarching story um, as that it kind of explains why we're going back in time and experiencing these ancestors um, from Arno in Unity to um, Jacob and Evie Fry in Syndicate. So I don't know. I, I'm hoping that this movie um, turns out well because there aren't that many good video game movies. I don't know if you've ever noticed, but um I'm hoping that this one can turn out well, just like the Warcraft movie, which I think is also coming out next year or 2017. I don't exactly remember which date, but that does look really good. And um, from what we've been shown of the Assassin's Creed movie, it looks like it's kind of taking its own spin on the adventures um, of characters in that universe. And that should be good. Um, so yeah, that's it for movies. Um, comics. Um, a bunch of things are coming out this week, um, but we kind of covered those on other episodes. Um, the 7th, I know, is a big day for Image Comics. You have Codename Babushka, which I'm always going to be excited for coming out, as well as um, the next compendium for Walking Dead, if you're into those comics. But I'll move on to Miscellaneous right now. So a um, Dis the Disney Research Group, um, their new project can make color books come to life. So using the um, developing... Uh, application it's it's not like its own development language or anything but unity which is you know a no i can't speak unity you can make games on it <laughs> that's basically the the most broad way to describe unity as possible because i can't think of the word for what it is right now um but the research team has created an application for android and ios that takes a color drawing from the coloring book companion and turns it into a 3d augmented reality object 
and it retains both the color and texture of the original drawing. The app does this by copying pixels from your piece and adapting them for use on the object's other regions. So it's really cool. Um, I know Crayola has kind of been experimenting with this, but you get to see your drawings come to life and your coloring work come to life, more or less, in a 3D um, augmented way using these devices. And I think it's, it's really interesting, and I like when companies kind of toy with this because it's just one step closer to... Um, kind of using augmented reality in practical ways. Uh, I know HoloLens, which was announced at the Microsoft press conference um, at E3, it, it kind of, it looks to make gaming more accessible and more opening up options for gaming. Um, and augmented reality isn't anything new. Like the 3DS has been using it with um, AR cards and a lot of other like resources have been using it but um as soon as it becomes more of a practical application i think it's going to take off um which is why i'm kind of excited for to see what google glass can do with it because i know it has those capabilities as well um so that'll be interesting and as of right now there's no talks to bring this technology to like a coloring book near you but there are some similar things to crayola that you can look into um if you're interested for the kids or you know anything else if you just really feel like coloring something and it coming to life then hey you you have that technology um and finally a georgia man was charged with methamphetamine possession after unknowingly trying to pawn a sega genesis that was stuffed with apparently 15 dollars worth of crystal meth so that's 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 a problematic situation <laughs> sorry georgia man but um Apparently, like, according to the story, I, I looked into it a bit more, but the Sega Genesis itself was fine. There was just a, a bag of crystal meth inside the um, card slot where you would put games into, and he tried pawning it off for some money, but, you know, upon closer inspection, there was, in fact, crystal meth in there, and he didn't know about it, and the pawn store was like, look, like, you can't do this, <laughs> and the police were involved, obviously, um, which is why he was charged with possession. But yeah, it's, um, you know, always something, always something going on. <laughs> and um, I thought that was pretty interesting. So that's, you know, that's kind of it, honestly. I know this is kind of a short podcast, but um, it's just me. <laughs> I'm riding Han Solo today. So um, as always, there are plug for things. Um, I'm going to plug the website right now. So, you know, get ready for that. But we have our Facebook, which, like I talked about earlier, got to 100 likes, which is facebook.com slash IWTO podcast. And then we have the SoundCloud, which is soundcloud.com slash it hyphen won't hyphen turn hyphen off. Um, we are also now available on edinburghnow.com, which is the new home for campus media for Edinburgh um, from across ETV, the television station, the spectator, the newspaper, and our radio station, WFSE, Fighting Scots Radio. Um, on there, you can find links to our podcasts on the SoundCloud in the top toolbar or in the art section, um, along with the other podcasts, which I had talked about earlier, the morning after with Tyler Trumbauer and Tubby. So, you know, we can always be found there and we always appreciate listens, comments, likes, stuff like that. Everything we see them, um, we, we do see them and we talk about it. Like, you know, we get a like and it's like, oh my gosh, Logan, we just got a like, let's, you know, throw a party in that person's honor. But um, it was a big weekend for us as far as likes go. So thank you um, if you're a new listener. Um, remember to always share with your friends. Honestly, if if you like what we talk about and you have friends that like what we talk about, 
force them to listen. Don't do that. But maybe, you know, coyly put it back on in the background, you know, when we're hanging out and be like, oh, what's this? What's this I'm listening to? And then they'll hear our voices saying, oh, kind sir or madam you're listening to it won't turn off and then they'll be like wow maybe i should do that and you know this is completely a work of fiction probably would never happen in any like actual situation i don't know where i was going with this but yeah tell your friends (laughs) i think that was the moral of the story um yeah we'll be back on wednesday as always um maybe a bit late because spectator stuff usually you know happens to logan um but we'll be talking about some stuff. There wasn't honestly that much news for me to go over anyway, which is kind of why this is a bit long, uh, short rather, you know, opposite day, I guess. But um, hope you enjoyed this one. Um, I'm sorry it was just me. <laughs> I'm sorry to disappoint anyone. If anyone out there is disappointed that the sweet dulcet tones of Logan's voice wasn't on this podcast, I'll do my best to, you know, edit in a Logan clone or something. I, I, I'm sure I can do that. But anyway, that's it for today, Monday, October 5th. It won't turn off. Thank you so much for listening. And, you know, say, stay cool. Be, be, be you. You do you. Be sure to do you today. <laughs> that was, oh, that was weird. You know what? Never mind. Forget I said that. Have a good one, everyone. <laughs> including live streaming of our station, EdinburghNow.com and WFSC. They just plain damn well go together. Support for WFSE is provided in part by John's Wildwood Pizzeria, open daily at 105 Erie Street in Edinburgh. John's menu includes pizza, hoagies, wings, salads, and more. Information is at 814-734-7355 or on the web at John's Wildwood Yo, what's poppin' everybody? This is DJ Zodiac. Tired of hearing the same old hip-hop and rap songs and want to reminisce about the good old days? Well, fear not. At 8 o'clock on Mondays, I'm going to be playing some of that old-school hip-hop. Some songs you might hear from East Coast rappers and some songs you might hear from the G-Funk era. So like I said, Join in at 8 o'clock on Mondays for that old school hip-hop funk jam. And also, you can check us out live on live stream at edinburghnow.com. That's edinburghnow.com.